Listening to the flip side with Noah Filipiak, connecting the reality of the gospel to the grit of life. You can support the podcast at patreon.com slash Noah Filipiak or at noahfilipiak.com slash give. What is up? Welcome to episode 53 of the Flip Side Podcast. Today is going to be a little bit shorter of a show, which you may have noticed when you saw the time on this most uploaded episode. So, I mentioned the last couple episodes that I am planting a church in urban Grand Rapids, Michigan, and we our grand opening is going to be in April, uh, Easter Sunday uh, of 2021. And so things have been fast and furious and doing lots of big, fulfilling things that are really important for the church plant. And so I do apologize for the slight delay in getting another podcast episode out. And that is also the reason for a bit shorter of an episode today. But I wanted to get a new episode out because this is a big week. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what day this episode will get posted, but this week is the week that my book, Beyond the Battle, A Man's Guide to His Identity in Christ in an Over-Sexualized World, comes out. It comes out on August the 10th, which is this Tuesday. This is a long, long, long-awaited day in in some respects some respects uh it's been nine years i wrote this original manuscript back in 2012 i've talked at length before about the journey but indie published in 2018 now publishing an updated revised expanded a better edition with zondervan uh coming out this tuesday uh, august 10th and so yeah if you haven't ordered the book and you like the podcast, you listen to the podcast, I would really love it, appreciate it, uh, recommend it if you picked up a copy of the book. If you're a guy, I think it's really going to help you in your journey of freedom, uh, your freedom against discontentment, discontentment when it comes to your singleness, when it comes to your marriage, when it comes to sexual temptation. And if you are a woman, Uh, Pick it up for a guy in your life. Uh, Pick it up for your son. Pick it up for your husband. Pick it up for a friend. That would be great. And if you have a copy, uh, if you've, I should say, if you've already read the book or when you read the book, another thing that's really helpful is if you can leave a review on Amazon or on Goodreads and or wherever you purchase the book, if you if you purchase the book online. So, big week, exciting week. Uh, as always, the flip side is brought to you by Angry Brew Coffee. You can pick up a bag of Angry Brew, use the promo code FLIP, and you'll get 10% off your order at angrybrew.com. That is coffee with a punch. It has twice the caffeine of normal coffee. You can also get 10% off of Five Lakes Chris's Blend. Chris's Blend. So 
Big shout out. Thank you to Five Lakes and Angry Brew for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, with church planting, I am fundraising for my salary. We are planting a multicultural church with the Evangelical Covenant denomination. I am also fundraising for a multicultural staff. And so I'll be telling you a little bit more about details of this, but I am starting fundraising. So for real, for real, fundraising, we do Patreon on the show. If you would like to contribute a small amount per month, patreon.com slash noahflipiak is the way to go. If you want to join my actual fundraising team for the church plant, you can shoot me an email, uh, and I'll, I'll have details soon posted everywhere online. Those details are not posted yet, but we do have the setup ready to go. So feel free to email the show, podcast at beyondthebattle.net. Some of you have been very supportive of me and my ministry in the past, and so just want to make that available to you. And feel free to email about anything else at all. Uh, a couple things before we jump in. We're, there's not. This is a short episode. I'm kind of breaking format here. We are going to do some shenanigans at the end with Noah's rant and uh, trying to keep that format of talking about more substantive, substantive things, more serious things at the beginning of the episode and saving the, the, the ridiculousness uh, for the end of the episode for those that would like to, to skip it. Uh, but yeah, so a couple things just want to talk about sort of on the, the content side, uh, front, on the front end. Uh, one, I've, I've been listening, actually, I finished, I finished this six-episode podcast from Christianity Today that just came out called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, uh, talking about Mars Hill, Seattle, and Mark Driscoll. And I highly recommend you listening to that. I will not be offended uh, as the host of the flip side, that you would actually listen to other uh, podcasts outside of the flip side as well. It is okay. You do have my permission. Uh, so, uh, when I first heard about this, uh, this uh, fall of the rise and fall of Mars Hill, I honestly thought, and, and maybe this is what what you might be thinking. You know, isn't isn't that sort of gossipy? Uh, why are we, you know, why are we talking about Mark Driscoll and, and the rise and fall and all these sorts of things? And I tell you what, what I what I really like about the it's six episodes. It really, it really listens like an NPR show. Whether you like or don't like NPR, that's you know not my point. Uh, but the, they they have a nice format. You know, they it's very professional. It's very listenable, and it feels that way as you listen. You, and and it is it's it's an investigative journalist investigative journalism piece on the rise and fall of Mark Driscoll and Mars Hill. Uh, and and I, I won't I won't give you all the details here because you you can you can subscribe and, and listen. But what I what I really like about it, it it's not just kind of beating up on Mark Driscoll. Uh, it's it it really is talking about macro level problems in the church, the big C church. And it's stuff it's stuff we've talked about before on the flip side. It's stuff I've been transparent with you about, about my own struggles. And, you know, speaking of a book coming out on, on this Tuesday and just the roller coaster rides, the ups and downs of that whole that whole world. And I, uh, you know, I have no delusions of grandeur about this book, but 
Uh, I have in the past. I've 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 had those delusions of grandeur before. I think the first time I planted a church, I was 22 years old uh, when I when I when I started the pre-launch or the launch phase. I was I was 23 when we launched, and my delusions of grandeur were for Jesus. I wanted you know x amount of people, thousands of people, to come to know Jesus because. It's Jesus. Why wouldn't we want God to do this amazing thing? And, you know, God, so there was a, a pastor that we shared a building with, we rented from, and he was an older pastor, not old, just older than me, which wasn't hard to do because I was almost a teenager. <laughs> but he said he was going to uh, you know, let us use their let us use their their building and uh, he was also praying that we would not be successful. <laughs> and it was kind of tongue in cheek and kind of serious. And he honestly said he had planted a church when he was 22 and he thinks one of the worst things for a very very young pastor uh, who is is success, particularly when you're when you're starting something yourself, and just the stuff that it does to your ego and the the way the way you put your identity in those things. And man, Christianity Today and this in this podcast, they really they really put a spotlight on that. They, not just on Mark Driscoll, like I said, it was on the church. It, the, it was uh, why do we as the church? Why are we attracted? to this Christian celebrityism, And I think those are important questions we need to ask ourselves. Uh, why are we attracted to narcissistic leaders? Why do we, why do we reward narcissism often uh, in the church when it comes to authors and speakers and pastors? And it doesn't mean if you're an author, speaker, pastor of a big church, does not mean you're a narcissist, does not mean you're going to have a big, a big fall someday. But it, it, I, w- I will say, I, I think it's true that this environment that we create, if it were a greenhouse, you know, you can build a greenhouse and a natural environment of something is going to produce certain things. And I think we've done that in the church. And I, I think we have to be really intentional to, to curb those uh, sinful things from growing. Uh, and it's not a matter of, Oh yeah, I'm strong enough. That won't happen to me. I'd never be a narcissist. I'd never have an affair. I'd never be an abusive leader. I'd never be that bullying bullying leader. I would never uh, believe the press clippings about myself. I'd never be an egomaniac. Uh, yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. <laughs> yeah, you would. Because you're human and I'm human. And when you set up humans... In certain sociological environments, humans do what humans do. And it doesn't mean you do it intentionally. It doesn't mean you may even do it maliciously. But those sorts of things, it's it's almost like childhood actors. Uh, there's not many success stories of childhood actors or actresses that didn't have uh, big-time issues later in life because of the attention that was put on them when they were four, five, six, seven, eight years old. And uh, it's probably not a bad analogy for, for some of this stuff. And so anyway, rise and fall of Marcel. And that is a topic that I, I bring up here on the flip side because I struggle with it myself uh, I'm, uh, and I need accountability on it. 
And it's just something we need to talk about more in the church because we act, we're, we foolishly act like, oh, it's not a problem because those are the most spiritual people. They would never struggle with that. So we don't need to worry about them. And then you have all these people falling. Ravi Zacharias, Bill Hybels, uh, Mark Driscoll, Carl Lentz, uh, go, go down the line, Tullian Shavijan, Darren Patrick, and you kind of go, wow, maybe maybe there is a there is a, a and I and I'm not I'm not throwing those guys under the bus. I I have grace for them, but when it here's the thing, when it comes to abuse, we have to identify abuse. We when I say I have grace for them, it doesn't ex, I don't mean I excuse the stuff that they did as leaders. I mean I would I would counsel with them. I would be their friend. I would try to try to love them. Uh, but abuse has to be held accountable and uh, for it to stop, for there to be, for there to, for, for, for the pattern of abuse to stop, we have to actually identify it and be real about it. And you saw a lot of that with the Me Too movement, which uh, more, not morphed, um, uh, transitioned right into the Church Too movement because people in the church were saying, I was abused. I was abused within the church, by the church. And so, if we have this stance of it's gossip to talk about those those instances because we want to protect the abuser, well, then it just allows abuse to continue in other places. And it allows abuse to continue in their own lives. And that's uh, anyway, so, you know, so so those are things that I appreciate about this. The rise and fall of Mars Hill is it's intended to make the church a healthier place, right? It's intended to identify these these massive illnesses within the church, this disease that's just riddling the church. And for us, and it it's points a, a finger at, at us, the listener, and it kind of says, hey, we've we've created a d- demand for this. And so uh, check it out. It's very good. Uh, I, I've you, you may have already heard of it. I've had several friends already talk to me about it and uh and it's 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 good good conversation good stuff that we should be we should be talking about about uh one other resource i i just want to pass along to you i just finished uh the book the great sex rescue it's written by three women i will probably mispronounce all of their names and i do apologize i have not heard their names audibly uh, but i just finished the book so joanna sawatsky rebecca Gregor or Gregory, I'm sorry, I'm not sure. Lindenbach and Sheila Ray. Gregory, let's go with Gregory. I know Rebecca is Sheila's daughter, uh, and they so they co-wrote this book. It's three women that wrote a book about sex, and I read it. So I lead, you know, BeyondTheBattle.net groups, uh, and yeah, always inviting guys into those. Those are those are groups of guys, and we go through my book, Beyond the Battle, and. There's seven week groups online, and then after that, we do accountability together uh, and reviewing, reviewing the content of these, the truths, the truths of the books. Uh, we do that indefinitely. I do that indefinitely. Uh, I need that in my life. That's on Saturday mornings. And one of the, one of the guys in my alumni group, he told me about this book. He said his wife read it, and then she wanted him to read it, and he's reading it, and he said it's really helpful. It's he just he described it as the women's perspective of my book of Beyond the Battle, and I was like, "Wow, that sounds 
that sounds something like something I should read. And you know, my wife and I, 17 years into marriage, I'm relatively transparent about our ups and downs as well. And we're still working hard on our marriage. And and so uh, read the book and really, really liked it. So I just I just want to recommend it. I don't I don't talk a ton about books on here outside of of you know people that I interview, authors that I interview. Um, and I, I've, I tried to, I, I should say I made an effort to, to reach out to the authors of the, of this book and we'll, we'll continue to do that. What I liked about it was a couple things. So if you like Beyond the Battle, some of you hopefully do, if you're listening here, you've read Beyond the Battle and liked it. If you're a guy that's read Beyond the Battle, I would pick up a copy of The Great Sex Rescue and I would read it as a guy. It's primarily written to women. They survey, I think around 2000 women or so, uh, Christian married women about their sex lives. And it's it's a lot of hard truths about the struggles in women's sex lives. And then it talks about the messages where they got uh, the messages where the, the, I'm sorry, the places that they got certain messages that have had very negative effects on their sex lives. And primarily it's from best-selling Christian books about sex. And in Beyond the Battle, I do critique a number of very well-known books. And so I always feel a little bad about that. I feel I feel bad, you know, if I met those authors. I know they're good people. And uh, I critiqued your book pretty strong in my book. Well, The Great Sex Rescue, they critique all of those books much, much with much more ferocity, much fiercer than I do in mine. Uh, but they critique these books and they show where these these negative messages about sex that women have internalized uh, have come from and then show, you know, a healing path out. And honestly, uh, you know, not every you're never going to match up on everything with everybody, but there's a lot of good match between Beyond the Battle and The Great Sex Rescue. And so I just uh, like it. I'm going to recommend it a lot to guys to read, to go, and here's what your wife's going through, potentially, right? A lot of it's, it's, it's and, and then for women, for you to read it, uh, if you're having struggles in your sex life, particularly if, if uh, your, your husband, uh, you know, is a guy that's, that's struggled with pornography and other sexual sin issues, um, and, and so you've been exposed to kind of those messages in the evangelical world about sex. Uh, I, I won't get into it a ton more here, but just to say, I encourage you to check it out. I encourage you to, to uh, check it out. And if you've read the book and want to write in uh, to me, to the podcast, and let me know what you think about it, we can kind of interact, uh, do a little running book review together. That'd be great. Podcast at beyondthebattle.net. But I think it's a book that'll help a lot of married couples heal it's a book you can read with your spouse because uh, it's primarily written to women. So wives, you, you could read it. Or women, if, if you're not married, I think it'd be a great read as well. But then husbands, it's giving you uh, a really great women's perspective on on sex. And, and you need to hear that. And it's really, really good and really helpful. And there's even some overlap between The Great Sex Rescue and and the rise and fall of Mars Hill. There's quotes about some of the things Mark Driscoll said about sex. Holy cow. I mean, I'm telling you, if it is scary when you listen to the Mars and <laughs> the Mars and fall of the rise and fall of Mars Hill, when you listen to the podcast, it is shocking. 
It is absolutely shocking, the stuff that Mark Driscoll said in sermons and publicly. It is it is absolutely shocking. I don't know any other word for it. It is absolutely, some of it absolutely nauseating. Some of it is just infuriating. It is shocking. It is wild and crazy. And one of the whole, the fifth episode is all about sex. It's all about women and sex and the things specifically Driscoll said about women and sex. And then it talks about some of the more macro level issues. Uh, but The Great Sex Rescue also quotes Driscoll. And it's shocking. It's stuff. Uh, I don't even want to, I don't want to even want to talk about it on the podcast. Uh, it's not comfortable at all. It's, but it's abusive stuff. It's abusive. It's, it's just downright abusive. So, so there's some overlap there where the great sex rescue does talk about, uh, some of the, the me too, you know, cases in the church and, uh, Rachel Denhaller. Uh, and again, I've, I might be saying her name wrong as well. I apologize. Um, she's quoted in the great sex rescue several times. And she's also interviewed on, um, she was the first woman to report, uh, regarding Larry Nasser, the, the USA gymnastics, uh, doctor who was from, uh, Michigan state East Lansing, where I lived for 15 years while all that was going on, which is, which is wild. Um, but yeah, so they, they quote Rachel and she, in the book and she's also interviewed in the podcast. So, so some overlap there regarding abuse. So yeah, check, check those resources out. I, uh, I recommend it. It is actually funny as I was reading The Great Sex Rescue, I'm I've obviously read their book after my book was completely finished and edited and you know in print uh, and where I had I read it beforehand, I I would have I would have cited several things from it. I would have quoted several things from it. There's some really really, really good nuggets in there. But also uh, I I was <laughs> I was really glad as I read their book, I kind of was going, "Man, I'm glad we agree on that and on this and on that because I would hate – it's weird and crazy that, you know, my book's not just some flip side podcast episode. It's actually going to be out there in the the book world, Zondervan, dur, 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 you know, all this stuff. And I don't, if they got their hands on it, I, I would hate to be included in the second edition of all the things that I said that were – you know, bad and hurtful and harmful. And I, I don't, I th- I don't think I did. I think I was really, I think, I think we're on the same page. I think as I was, I was, I say that jokingly about myself, but I was encouraged. I was encouraged going, okay, good. I, I hadn't read this yet and I wrote some of this stuff. And so I'm glad, I'm glad we're kind of saying the same things, which is good. And I'm, I'm glad that I, hopefully I won't, I won't get myself in trouble down the road. So, so yeah, check those out. Uh, what I want to talk about just for a few minutes, and like I said, this this whole episode is going to be a lot shorter than usual than you're used to. Um, and I titled I titled the episode "There's Always More," and I just I just am led to share just some cool stuff God has done and showed me and and spoken to me over the last couple months. Sometimes I go through droughts, you know, where I just like God, are you there? Are you speaking? Are you are you real? You know, and, and maybe you go through droughts like that too. And so I think when God is speaking and in in powerful, tangible ways, I think it's important that we share those. I think it's important that we we talk to each other about those to just to just remind each other. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's speaking. It's in His timing. And and so I just want to give you a little bit of that from from me from from the last few months. So. 
it was uh, beginning of June, very beginning of June. I went on a, a really, really, really fantastic men's retreat. And uh, I went on a men's retreat, and the men's retreat had a lot of stuff about identity and a lot of stuff about our, our wound, you know, the wound that we carry around, uh, kind of who wounded us in our past, and then how how that wound, and the wound really has to do with our identity. It has to do with, you know, do I consider myself lovable, and, and, and uh, who am I? Am I, in, you know, and Beyond the Battle talks a fair amount about that sort of thing, where where we we men, you know, as far as the context of the book, but women certainly too, men and women, uh, hey, we're on the flip side. Let's talk, let's talk to everybody, right? Men and women, uh, single, married, we're looking to sex. We're looking to marriage. We're looking to that boyfriend or girlfriend. We're looking to, if you're acting out sexually, you know, pornography, lust, fantasy, strip club, whatever, right? You're, you're getting a hit. Like you're trying to get a hit like a drug and that hit, it's a, sure, it's an endorphin rush. Sure, you know, there's a physical orgasm, whatever it might be. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you want another person to tell you you are valuable, to tell you you are loved, to tell you you are desirable. Even if it's fake, it's totally made up. It's totally, you're, you're, paying, you're paying money for it, or it's just this, it's completely fake. They're an actress or actor. It doesn't, they don't actually love you, but you can pretend, right? Then that's all your mind needs to kind of get that, that, that hit. And so a lot of us, we're, we're trying to get that hit out of a, a wound, you know, from our past. And, and, you know, Beyond the Battle walks you through that of how, how to find that ultimate satisfaction in the love that Jesus already has uh, for us. And I've done, I've done whole podcast episodes just about that. Uh, if you're interested, I'll try to, if I can, uh, here in a moment, I'll try to give you the, the episode for that because I've I've done a I've done a whole episode on that, and then I actually reposted. I did a podcast within a podcast uh, because it was just it was just one. I was like, we need to we need to bring this back. Also, here I go. Now I'm now I'm uh, 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 I'm getting on my my <laughs> my rabbit trail. Uh, I'm saying like more. That was one of my nose rants. Oh, it is so hard not to say like. And when other people say like, I notice it is a, I don't know if pet peeve is the right word. Oh, we got to stop saying like, because I say like, because I hear other people say like. Okay, so episode 44, if you want to listen more about some of my insecurity stuff, uh, check out episode 44 of the flip side, and then the one that is a podcast within a podcast was episode 25 of the flip side. Uh, but back to, there's always more back to this this retreat. So we're just just a lot of really good stuff, a lot of really helpful stuff, and 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 I and it's that retreat was a lot in June of this year, a lot of solo time with God. So a lot of time with God out in the woods, and I'm I'm reading Genesis 1, 2, and 3, Adam and Eve, the fall. And in uh, Genesis 3, you know, Satan, he's talking to Adam and Eve, and he says, hey, God has God has given you all this stuff. And he says, but there's more. These aren't direct. This is not a direct quote. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But the paraphrase 
is kind of the wording that God gave me during that, where what Satan was saying to Adam and Eve was, there's more. There's always more. That's the title of this episode. He's saying there's more. Sure, God created you. Sure, God loves you. Sure, he gave you this garden. But there's more. There's more. You could be like God. God is actually trying to hide things from you. There's more. And so, you know, the eating of the fruit, it wasn't just, oh, that fruit, naughty, naughty, naughty. No, it was this desire for more. It was this desire for there's something else out there that will give me, again, validation, acceptance, approval, desire. There's something out there and there's always more. So then in, in in that retreat, going to my wound and, and looking at you know my history with pornography and then history with struggling you know with contentment within my marriage because let's face it there's always more right there's always more women there's always more men there's always more sex there's always more you might not be looking at porn at all you might not be cheating on your spouse at all you might be single and you might be celibate and and, and saving sex for marriage but there's always more, there's always more hits of that, that endorphin rush hit that you can get as a married person off of flirting with somebody or getting attention from uh, you know someone of the opposite sex or someone that you're attracted to. There's always more, it never ends. I mean, and, and, and so there's always more pornography, there's always more women, there's always more men, there's always more, there's always more. And it was just this interesting connection with what Satan was saying to Adam and Eve. And and obviously, when you look at it from a third party, from an objective stance, you go, look, you'll never be satisfied. You are addicted. That's the nature of addiction. If you have a family member who's an alcoholic or a family member who's addicted to drugs, you can, you can look at them from the outside and say, wake up. There's always more alcohol. There's always more drugs. You'll, you're going to get high, and then you're just going to have to do it again. So stop. Stop the cycle that you're in. But when you're the one in the cycle, uh, whether you're, you're the person abusing the substance or you're the person that's addicted to attention, addicted to being, wanting, wanting to be attractive, you know, wanting that validation, uh, there, when you're in it, you believe the lie that there's this thing that's more, you just must have it. And when you have it, you'll finally have the thing that you are wanting and looking for. So this was back in June. Fast forward to, that was early June. Fast forward to the middle of July. And in the middle of, in the middle of July, which was just a few weeks ago, I went to Colorado uh, it wasn't a full-fledged, you know, vacation where I was just doing, getting time to do a ton of hiking. Uh, my wife was taking a class for two weeks. I went out there for about five days of that, spent a lot of the time with her, uh, and uh, she, she had to, I had to pick her up from class at five o'clock and whatnot. So, so I had, I had some time restrictions. But anyway, my point is, one, I fell in love with the Rocky Mountains. Never been there before. Absolutely fell in love. Absolutely going back. Uh, I had one, really one day, one full day to myself where I could go out on an adventure. And I started my day at a place called St. Mary's Glacier. And I think the, the closest 
town, what's it called? Idaho Falls was the closest town. So it's it's not it's not up in the national uh, park, but it's it's in it's in the mountains, and uh, I'm uh, I'm hiking, and so it's kind of a popular uh, little spot where people go. If you hike over to the right, you 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 end up at this beautiful gla- glacier lake, this mountain glacier lake, and then there's a tra- a trail of snow that you can kind of walk next to, and just gorgeous. I'd never been there before. And I just figured the point of hiking was uh, a mountain was to get to the top of the mountain. Right. And so uh, my only thought was just to keep going up. This was not in a state park or national park. There were no markers on the trail. It was just a bunch of boulders, sort of a kind of a path, but there was a hundred different paths. And so uh, if you stayed to the right, you kind of followed the crowd-ish, and you ended up at the lake. Well, I stayed on the left, and I just kept going up, and I didn't really even notice that there weren't that many people around me, and then there weren't any people around me. I just saw the top of this mountain and went, that's where I'm going. I'm going to the top of this mountain, because that's what you do when you climb a mountain. <laughs> when you, Right? You hike a mountain, you gotta, you're supposed to get to the top. So I'm going to the top. And it's incredible. I mean, I'm going to the top of the mountain, and I'm able to stop as I go and look out over the lake. So the lake where everyone else had kind of walked to uh, to not really swim in. It's cold and whatnot, but some people were. But but that lake, I, I was way above it. I was looking out over it. It was beautiful. It was gorgeous. And so I just kept going up, kept going up, kept going up, kept going up. And I get I get to the top of the mountain. There's nobody around, and I'm at the very top, and as I look around, I am completely surrounded by mountains. And I can tell you, because I've never been to the mountains before, and I've, I've never, ever, ever experienced anything like this. And as I'm looking around at just an infinite amount of mountains around me, I very clearly experienced God speaking to me that there's more and there's always more. And I remembered everything I just told you about the men's retreat and the Adam and Eve and and the sin side of there's always more. And as I looked around at the Rocky Mountains, I realized there is an infinite amount of nature. There's an infinite amount of paths you could hike there's an infinite amount of wildlife to see. There's these rocky mountains you could climb your whole life and hike and you'd never you'd never run out of space. You 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 could you'd never run out of trails. And this is just one little part of the country and one little part of the world. You could if you looked at the global scale of God's creation, there there's literally always more. And and I'm just becoming overwhelmed by this feeling. And, and then God really, really tells me and show, I guess shows me, allows me to experience, maybe that's the best way to phrase it, that there's also always more of his love for me. There's always more of his love for me. And as I experienced the grandeur of these mountains all around me, I felt like I was in heaven. Uh, if you've read the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, towards the the very end of the story, 
they end up in heaven. And there's this line, it's, you know, obviously Lewis's Narnia version of heaven. And there's this line where Aslan, the Jesus character, keeps saying further up and further in. And it comes back later, further up and further in. And I felt that on the top of that mountain. I felt further up and further in. I felt like this is what heaven will be like. And I felt like I was in heaven. And I, I felt like the fall, the fall of man, the fall of creation that happened in Genesis 3 that brought all the brokenness that we experience in life, it, it hadn't touched the mountains uh, as much as it had, say, the city. Uh, there, there, there wasn't the same effect with no other people around me on the top of that beautiful mountain. And I, I experienced God telling me, there's always more of my love for you. There's always more of me. The, the infinite that you feel right now on this mountain, you're feeling my infinite nature. You're feeling the infinite nature of my love for you, Noah, my son. There's always more. The, you'll never tire of hiking these mountains because there's always more. You can keep coming back every single year. And, it will, and, and it's the same with my love. My love for you as my son, this thing that Adam and Eve was looking for, this thing as you look back at your wound, you're all, you've always been looking for from women. And you, you've always been looking for from relationships and from sex. The, the, there's a, I'm the one to give it to you. And there's always more of it. It never runs out. I never run out. My love for you never runs runs out. There's always more. And flip side listeners, you know, I just want to share that with you because it was such, I was crying. I was, I was worshiping. I was just overwhelmed with God's love for me. It was one of those moments in life. I will never forget those moments where it feels like Holy Spirit just breaks through the the veil and you really can experience and i hope you've been able to experience god's love in that way and i frankly like in the old testament they build an altar because they forget stuff i i forget stuff too i go back and satan's deceptions are there and you know maybe you made that up maybe this maybe that and and back to there's always more you can have more of this more of that and, and let me add this too back to some of the things I was talking about with the rise and fall of Mars Hill and my own struggles, the same craving of there's always more that exists for women and for sex and for that that attention. It's the same craving when you when uh, you go and you get involved in in writing books and and in podcasting and and blogging. There's always more blog statistics that you need. There's always more podcast downloads that you need. There's always more book sales that you need. There's always more attention that you need. There's always more people that need to know about you and hear about you. There's always more success that you need to have. Why? It's it's the same craving. It's the same craving for am I valuable? Am I desirable? Am I loved? And 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 uh, as a church planter, I experienced the same thing in 2006 when I when I launched Crossroads Church in Lansing. Uh, the, the I had delusions of grandeur. 
I thought the church would be massive, and it was tiny. It was <laughs> my my pastor friend that prayed for us that we would not have success. God answered his prayer. We were tiny, and we stayed tiny for a very, very long time, and we never were large. We eventually, seven years in, got to the point of sustainability, but for the first five years, we were under 50 people. For the first two years, we were under 30 people. And, 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 and it's the same craving for we, there's always more. We need more people. We need more salvations and baptisms. We need more butts in the seats. We need more success. It's this, and, and so I am wired for that. We, I think most all of us in different ways, are wired for that. And here, God is just pouring out his love onto me and onto you, saying, there's always more of me, of my love. That craving you have for more, I'm the only one that can fulfill it. And I love this picture of further up and further in. It never ends. We never have to stop with God. We can keep going deeper and deeper and deeper on this adventure with him on this earth and well on into eternity, experiencing his love for us and allowing it to overflow from our lives into the lives of the people uh, in this world around us, showing them that there's always more of God's love for them as well. So that's that's what I want to share with you today on the podcast. There's always more and I, I, I hope that this helps you experience that with Jesus. And and, and, and just a, a, a word before I, I wrap this up. Don't feel like if you, you don't feel like you have to have that mountaintop experience. That those are rare. And you know, it might come, it might come later, it might never come. We we don't need that mountaintop experience to to validate uh, the love that Jesus has for us. The love is there. The tomb is empty. Uh, the, 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 Jesus died on the cross for our sins. The, the tomb is empty. The Holy Spirit is with us. Uh, when the Father looks at you, if you have your faith in Jesus, Colossians 1, 22 tells us he sees us as holy, without blemish, free from accusation. We, we can remind ourselves of these truths, and the reminders, frankly, are monotonous at times. It's, it's a daily time with Jesus reminder. It's a weekly time in church reminder and in Christian community reminder. And there are unique moments where God breaks through and reminds us of that love in a real, uh, I should say, in a tangible way that we can remember and, but look, if you, you you haven't experienced that or haven't recently, don't beat yourself up for it or hold God uh, hold that against God. Maybe even just my story, you can go, yeah, man, there is always more of God. And I, I just I want you to be able to pause just for a moment and enjoy that, to experience that, to enjoy that, to meditate on that, and really to ask yourself, where else can you find that? Where else? you? What are you chasing right now? What are you striving for? 
and it keeps there's always more there's always more to strive for is it pornography is it men is it women is it if you're single is it marriage if you're if you're married is it some other man or some other woman or some change that needs to happen some circumstance there's always more there's always something else is it some kind of success in your job or whatever it is is it a, you know some of the stuff that i shared in in my journey and 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 just take that to jesus and 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 to tr- take your appetite to him and allow him to be the always more and and to to experience that love in a real and a tangible way all right wow well 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 that sound is the new sound the new warning bell to tell you that everything from this point on in the podcast is utter ridiculousness so the content is over we're we're trying this new format so those of you who uh who those of you who are who are mature those of you who are responsible those of you that are sensible those of you that that desire deep meaningful spiritual growth uh you can stop listening at this point you you don't you don't have to endure the ridiculousness that will follow but if you do continue to listen you you must you must remember now you have been warned and you you've heard you've heard the alarm noah's rant is coming and and uh, if you continue listening, you cannot blame me. You cannot write to me and say uh, that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why is that on a podcast? Why is a why is a pastor saying this this stuff? It's not funny. You know what? Uh, you you've been warned. You you really really need to turn the podcast off right now because next is the one, the only, sponsored by Angry Brew. We, we, we are enabled. We are we are corporately enabled. Noah's rant. Noah's rant. All right. I'm not exactly sure if this is a rant or not. I uh, it, it it we'll see if it turns into a a actual rant or not but i want to just maybe i just need a therapy session i just need to i just need to get this off my chest so we're getting carpet in at our house i hate spending money on anything period but on house repairs our house modifications house improvements i mean most things it's like hey Let's paint those walls. Why? I mean, are you just bored that you you are looking for work to do? Do you don't like relaxing? Do you do you not like just enjoying peace and recreation? You you because when I look at those walls, I they're doing a pretty good job. I think those the purpose of a wall is to keep a floor to keep a, a ceiling off of a floor is to separate a, a ceiling from a floor because you know you don't you don't want your ceiling and floor touching that would that wouldn't be a very good house so the wall is there this is a really great purpose two purposes really one 
is to keep the ceiling from touching the floor, and the other one is is uh, you know off your head, and that and that's that's very handy. The other one is to separate two rooms, so you could have two different bedrooms, or maybe a bathroom and a bedroom. It's very handy, very handy. But then what what what's really bothersome is we look at the wall and we say it's not enough to have the wall. The wall has to have let's paint a different color, and then let's spend more money and buy things to hang up on the wall as if hanging something on a wall somehow helps it keep the floor off the ceiling it's it and separate two rooms which is its function in life and, and so you know as you can tell i have problems in my marriage <laughs> i told you before because you know still working on my wife to to see things this way just to understand the the truth to see the light of what a wall actually exists for. We, we put we put mulch out every spring. Why in the world are we putting mulch out every spring? You know, first of all, what's the purpose of mulch in the first place? It's just wood chips. You just put it you, you're not you don't you don't like the grass there or you just put okay wood chips, fine. But but the thing is it's not enough to put mulch out once and be done with it. The next year comes, and the mulch from the last year is still there. It's still very wood chippy. But you have to put another round of mulch out because you want your you got three neighbors and you've got to really impress your neighbors. You know, you they, they see the new mulch and they go, "Whoa! The Philippiacs, they their mulch is really red. Whoa. I mean, they got it going on over there. Man, they're doing something right. You know, they talk about success in life and neighbor envy. Red mulch. Whoa. I mean, that old faded stuff. Oh, man. If you, had, you see that faded brown mulch from last year, neighbors start to worry about you a little bit. They start to wonder if you're feeding your children. They start to wonder what's going on in that house over there when you don't have fresh red mulch to show off to your neighbors every single spring. So we're getting new carpet in the house. And look, carpet, it's cool, right? But we had carpet already. And now we're getting new carpet. And yeah, look, let me let me say this. Our carpet was nasty. Let me just give my wife some credit here. Not on the walls, not on the mulch, but we'll give some credit where credit's due. When we bought our house, in the listing it said new carpet. Well, <laughs> the previous owners put in the carpet themselves. I could do a whole rant about that. Thanks a lot, previous owners. You liars. <laughs> you, yeah, new carpet put in by you. You have no idea what you're doing. It would be like if I... I'm trying to think, I, I have no, if I came and repaired your car, you could say, car newly repaired, it wouldn't run, it would probably blow up because I fixed it, but you could write in an ad, newly repaired, newly, new carpet, they put it in themselves, it's coming up all over the house, so you know, the seam goes under 
there's a seam. It goes, you got like a wood floor and a carpet, and the seam goes under the wood. Well, all that's coming up. The carpet just flapping around like a flag, flapping in the breeze. Our cats love it. They love to play uh, under it. <laughs> uh, there's big wrinkles in it. When you go up the stairs, the staples from or the tax strip that's beneath, they didn't put padding down or something. I'm no carpet guru. But I know that when you walk on carpet, you are not supposed to be able to feel the tack strips, that the staples coming up from the carpet. My children, when they walk on the stairs going up in bare feet, they got puncture wounds and blood. Like, Dad, I went upstairs, and now I'm all bloody. Like, oh, wear sandals next time. We're not getting new carpet. <laughs> so he finally broke down. We had to get new carpet because the previous owners lied to us to get us to to buy the house. And so, uh, man, putting in new carpet is awful because we have stuff in our house. We live here. It is a house. Whoever decided to put carpet into houses where people actually live, it's worse than moving. We, we had to move. All of our, our kids' beds, dressers, all this junk into our bedroom. We're car- getting half the house carpeted, and then the other house carpeted, and the other half carpeted the next week. Because where are you going to put all of your stuff? So my bedroom has my daughter's dresser in it, my daughter's bookshelf in it. My daughter has this loft bed thing. That whole thing is in my bed. I can't even get into my bed. I cannot get from my bed to my dresser and so you uh you 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 we finally got the half of the carpet in the house and then we spent today putting all the stuff back into my daughter's room so this is a dual Noah's rant one it is three actually it's trifold one I just need to whine and complain can you tell can you tell that that's really the purpose of Noah's rant to begin with it's good for my marriage because I can, uh, you know, you just got to get a few things off your chest uh, to, uh, uh, you know, confidential, confidential, uh, confidant, uh, HIPAA. Is that the, the the counselor thing when you're not allowed to share information? I appreciate that with the flip side listeners. We have that agreement. So beyond that, house renovations. Let's be honest. Can we stop painting walls? Can we stop decorating walls? Can we can we give that money? to missions <laughs> i had this friend once and he goes nobody should have pets we need to give that money to missions <laughs> so that's kind of a joke in my life in my in my so this is this this is the where you give those jokes so it's quote the flip side don't paint your walls don't put stuff on your walls give that money to missions actually i'd rather just sit around frankly reading a book or sleeping or eating than getting up and painting walls. So if we could stop that, if we could stop putting new mulch out every year, uh, that would be great. That would be fantastic. Instead of putting out new mulch, you could be a Patreon supporter of the flip side. See what I just did there? See that? <laughs> this, I'm not sure where this rant's going. Uh, but the other one is... To the previous owners of my house, I know you listen to the flip side. I appreciate that. Uh, you, you did not do us a solid. You did not. And so uh, 
the next time you put carpet in at your house, right before you move, uh, pay someone, pay pay someone else to put in the carpet, a professional carpet installer. And uh, if you do decide you're gonna you're gonna be you know Tim Allen and put in the carpet yourself again, like an all star, uh, put a little padding down on the stairs so that the children of the next home do not uh, have have impale themselves on puncture wounds going up the stairs. So uh, there you have it. As you know, uh, the Noah's rant exists to make the world a better place. And I feel well, we did that. I feel better. I feel better. And that's I'm a person. I I matter, right? I make the world a better place for myself and, and for the next person that buys the house of, of, of the of those people. So so hey, thanks for listening to episode fifty-three of the flip side. Pick up a copy of Beyond the Battle. If you could leave a review, that would be awesome. I will see you next time on The Flip Side. The Flip Side with Noah Filipiak is a South Francis Press production. Copyright Noah Filipiak. www.noahfilipiak.com. Theme music by Kyle Lake at K Lake Music. Used with permission. Please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or wherever podcasts are found. Y'all, y'all, dripping in that gall that don't perish. People selling fake, see the green around their belly. Taking refuge in his hand, see his poems, my living quarters. Close them when I'm finished, it's time to bring me closer. There's no purgatory, cause you're in or you're out. When you see them in the clouds, then you know it's going down. Raise them, raise them, raise them. They've been sleeping for some ages. Now all God's babies so confused by this hatred. Poor pit preachers shouldn't aim to be A-list. Money probably long, but short is with your days. Have you ever heard the sound of freedom?